The work hours for a professional working in athletics can fluctuate. That is why the University of Cincinnati Online designed a Master of Sports Administration program that is both flexible and 100% online. Connect and build relationships with other students, alumni working in athletics, and their experienced staff. The best part? You can graduate in as little as one year. Unsure about going back to school? UC Online has a team of student success coordinators ready to guide you from start to graduation. Reach out today and learn more about UC Online. Go to online.uc.edu. Look under master's programs and find the master in sport administration. One more time, go to online.uc.edu. Look under master's programs and then find the master of sport administration. You were maybe a finalist. You went through three or four different steps and you didn't get it. Can you reapply to other positions at an organization? This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. Big thank you to Oral Roberts University, University of Minnesota Morris, and Manchester University for having me in their classrooms over the last week. Really great sessions. I love working directly with college students, trying to find their way because that's the purpose of this podcast. That's the purpose of getting out there and helping and providing all the jobs and providing all the tools and providing all the information for getting into the sports industry. We want to make an impact with those who need it. And so getting into those classrooms really energizes me and I love those conversations. So thank you to those schools for having me in the classroom. Speaking of which, speaking of impact, if you haven't listened yet, you should really check out the interview we posted last week with Scott Warfield who's the VP of gaming for the PGA Tour. I will say, I think it's one of the most informationally dense interviews we've done. Scott has an eye towards the future of what sports betting and gaming and all those opportunities are going to do for the business world of sports. And his viewpoint on where we're headed, but also how he can take technology and layer it into the PGA Tour experience to grow the sport to those people who may not be interested otherwise, I just think was a really fascinating conversation and it has a very future looking lens on it. So please go back and check that one out. Coming up this week, Molly Werdak Folt, who is the VP of Partnership Activation for Illich Sports and Entertainment. That name may sound familiar. The Illich family is well known in the sports world. They are the ownership group for the Detroit Tigers and the Detroit Red Wings, and they are power players. And Molly, is a power player as a VP of partnership activation. So great conversation, extremely informational, but also she's a great woman. She's really very impressive and and just a nice, nice person. So I really enjoyed that conversation. I will tell you, this is something that always surprises me or in a good way. Um, Whenever we've had guests that are in partnership activation, whether it's Luke Muhammad with the Pittsburgh Penguins or Allison Bickford with the Seattle Kraken, or even going back old school, Chelsea Zahn with the Pittsburgh Steelers, those episodes do really well because I do think there's that activity level. Like I think that idea of taking concept, marketing concept and putting it into active, like putting it into activation mode is really interesting to a lot of people out there. So Molly's one of the best part, VP of partnership activation for the Tigers and Red Wings ownership group. Pretty powerful stuff. So tune into that on Wednesday. One other side note before we jump into today's question. So I have three kids who are under 14, and I never like to go too deep into personal stories, but sometimes it's fun. I have three kids who are under 14, and they wanted to start watching Cobra Kai on Netflix. 
because their friends have been telling them how awesome it is. But as any good parent would, we made it an absolute requirement that they had to watch the original Karate Kid first. Wax on, wax off. Don't forget to breathe. Very important. The old school 1984 version. None of this remake Jackie Chan, Will Smith kid stuff. Like, that may be fine, but you gotta watch the original if you're gonna watch Cobra Kai, right? Am I right? Of course I'm right. So I haven't seen that movie since I was 10. And a lot of times going back and watching movies that you saw as a kid that you thought were amazing, you find yourself quite disappointed. Like watching some movies that I adored as a 10-year-old teenager, whatever, you watch them now and you're like, that was awful. How did I ever like that? My disappointment is immeasurable. And my day is ruined. But I'm telling you, Karate Kid holds up. We watched it last night and it was pretty damn good. That's pretty good. Now we move on to Cobra Kai. But the reason I bring this up is because I'd love to hear a little bit from all of you. Message me on LinkedIn, hit me up on Twitter, DM us, check us on Instagram, whatever. I want to get this conversation going because A, I need some more good shows to watch. And I know this audience is tuned in. I know that we got the NBA playoffs. I know we got the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm going to be watching plenty of that. But new shows, new things that are going on. And also, I'd love to start this conversation on a movie you watched when you were younger. And then you watched it again and thought, um, not good. Not great. <laughs> because I can think of some off the top of my head, but I want to hear from you because I think that would be fun. All right, let's get into today's question. So... This came from one of my college classroom sessions this past week. And sometimes I, when, I, when somebody's asking a question from the group, it's hard to hear what their name is because I'm so focused on what they're trying to ask so I can be giving them a good answer. So I apologize. I think the person's name was Tyler, but I may get this wrong. So I, I apologize in advance. Tyler asked a good question. Or if your name is something else like Terrence, sorry, but hey, such is life. They asked, can you apply to the same company after getting rejected for a different position. Okay, Tyler, or whoever you are, great question. Great question. Let's dig in. Now, this is an important, particularly important conversation for the sports industry, because unlike other industries, the sports industry is smaller. There are a limited number of employers. Now, I'm not saying limited like 100. I'm saying limited like 8,000, which isn't that much, right? It's still, that's a finite number. And if you apply for a local team and you go through the process and somebody you really wanted to work for and you don't make it, does that mean that they're, you're out of contention to ever work there? Like that moment is over, it's gone. It's a reasonable question. It's a reasonable concern. So the TLDR version is, yes, you can reapply for a, for a company that you've been rejected by. But let's get into more of the nuances of that first and, and get into an overall process and approach here because it's not enough to just send out the same stuff again and expect something to happen. We gotta, we gotta look at this a little bit differently. So first, let's start with your overall application strategy. We've talked about this a lot before, but I want to re bring this back for everybody who may be new listeners or haven't really been thinking in this way. Most organizations in the sports industry and otherwise use something called an applicant tracking system. And what that means is they are using a computerized system to process all applicants that come in. So if you apply for a job with any team league organization or in the sports industry, chances are they are going to be using an applicant tracking system. And your resume goes through their system and it gets filed, and it gets logged, and there's data associated with it after the point that is structured underneath your name. So let's say I'm the Cleveland Cavaliers, 
and you apply for a job with me, let's say you apply for a lot of jobs with me. I see that. I see you've applied for 15 jobs at our organization. I'm tracking that. I'm seeing what jobs you applied for. I'm seeing when. I'm seeing all this data about you and your resume and all that information. The reason I bring it up for the overarching concept of this conversation is that you should never go about the approach of just applying for jobs that you are hoping something magical happens. You're a wizard, Ryan. Because that looks, again, to the team, league, or organization, the hiring entity, like you aren't necessarily interested in this specific job that we have. You're interested in just working in our organization, which is a big red flag. For one, you could just be a fan who wants to be in the building, or you could be looking to get your foot in the door, which we hear all the time. And then, you know, right as you get the foot in the door, you're looking for other opportunities. Well, that's not good if you're a hiring manager. You don't want to be thinking, all right, we're going to hire this person, bring them in, train them up, and then they're going to be looking for something else. Like, then you're just going to have to rehire somebody. You're going to have to bring in something else again. You're going to start this all over again, which is really annoying. So you don't want to be strategically just applying a lot of times. You want to be very intentional. So just mind that in your overarching process and, and strategy for your job-seeking strategy, because that could be one reason why you don't get considered, and you may not even realize that. But let's assume now that you've had an interview cycle for a job with, a, with an organization and you didn't get it. You were maybe a finalist, you went through three or four different steps and you didn't get it. Can you reapply to other positions at an organization? Yes, you can, but we need to do some analysis first. Your first step is going to be to answer the question, why was I disqualified? Why was it? Why did they choose somebody else? You have to be self-analytical in this phase. Be really, really honest and say to yourself, why wasn't I the finalist? So did you have inadequate credentials? Are there some certifications you needed that you didn't have? Your skills were not necessarily suited or maximized for the position. You had not enough experience. You did poorly in the interview process. Your resume didn't even pass through the applicant tracking system because you didn't have the right requisite skills or there was just better competition. Somebody else is better. All of these things are very realistic. You have to answer for yourself and say, what happened in this moment? And then take proactive, make proactive choices. So if you don't have the right skills, identify that in yourself. If you're getting questions during the interview process or even in the early phases and you don't feel strong enough to answer some of these things, you have to pay attention to these moments. Like if they're asking you a very specific question about your Excel knowledge or about your Photoshop knowledge, and you're like, I'm not answering this question well, I know it. Chances are it's because your skills aren't high enough. Work on those things. You can't always handle the better competition part of that that I just mentioned up, but most of those other things are fixable. You can work on your interview techniques. You can work on gaining more experience. You can work on your skill set and make them more applicable to this job. So you have to be honest with yourself in this, in this process. Now, I will tell you, there can be a huge benefit to being a silver medalist. That's what we call somebody that comes in second in the job process. So put yourself in the shoes of the hiring manager now. I've got to write up a job description, get it passed through HR, put it out on workinsports.com course. Why would you use any other site? Put it out on workinsports.com. Get applicants as they come in. Go through interviews. Like fil Filter out who you're going to interview. Do phone interviews. Do video interviews. Do panel interviews. Go talk to your boss and tell them why you think this person should be it. Narrow it down to two people. Make a decision. Okay. That's exhausting. So 
a lot of times what happens, and you may not recognize this, but this is really important to know. We often, and I say we as a hiring group across the industry, the first thing we ask when we have a new position open is, are there any people internally we should consider to promote? And were there any people that came really close the last time we did this that may be valuable to reach out to first? So I want to give you a real example. I talked to one of our staffers, Doug Atkinson, who was exactly that situation. He applied for a job with iHire. He's on my team. He's an amazing contributor, great guy. He applied for a job with iHire, I think it was two to three years ago. And it was not, he was a finalist. He came in second for a position. And then when we were hiring for a new writer about a year ago now, we collectively asked, okay, last time we were hiring for this position, was there anybody else that really stood out? And everybody said, Doug was really great. That was a hard decision to make. So we reached out to Doug and asked him, please reapply. We want to consider you for this next opening we have. We ended up loving him again, hiring him, and he's been amazing. So sometimes going through these processes and not being the one, I mean, it's painful. It's not great. You don't feel wonderful about it, but it can lead to benefit down the line. It can put you in the right position for the next opportunity. So with that spirit in mind, you apply for a job, you go through the process, you do everything right. You did a really good job. When they told you, hey, we decided to go in a different direction, you responded professionally. You didn't ghost them in that moment. So now the last moment they had was that this person's a pro. That's their last impression, okay? That opens this world up to you again. That opens the ability to apply for jobs at this organization again. If you handle any one of those parts with sour grapes and not professional, forget it. You're done. You're done. It's over. It's over, Okay, because we remember that kind of stuff. I remember reaching out to people that, unfortunately, who are finalists who didn't get a job and reaching out to them and say, hey, you were great in this process. You did a wonderful job. We've decided to go in a different direction, but please, let's stay in touch. And they never responded to me. They never said anything. I never heard from them again. And if their name came up for another, if we had another opportunity, I wouldn't be like, oh, we got to go reach out to that person. But if you go through the proper steps and look at this like it was a networking event, you met people at that organization who you should keep in touch with, who you should have professional rapport with, then you can start to apply for these jobs again because you're going to be remembered positively. You're going to connect with them on LinkedIn. You are going to read things they post. You're going to stay connected to this experience and this person because you want to stay top of mind. And it might benefit you in the future. It might not, but that's how networking works. Okay, You're going to put in the effort though so that when that next position comes up, you can not only reapply and have your name have some recognition, but you've got a warm enough connection with that person that says, hey, I hope you remember me. I interviewed for the job two years ago. I know I didn't make it, but in that time, here's what I've done to improve. Here's why I'm better now than I was then. I've worked on my Photoshop skills. I hear some of my portfolio examples, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Whatever it was where you felt weak. Don't tell them that I'm, I'm now a better interviewer, but you know what I'm getting at. Try to give them some pointed things. So that's a warm connection. Now you've got somebody that you know in the organization from your previous experience. You've kept a conversation going with them and you've given them information on why you're even better now than you were before. But here's the final step too. Make sure you rework your resume and cover letter, okay? 
Don't just hand in the same thing you did six months ago, eight months ago, a year ago. Rework the resume and cover letter. Put in the new things that you've learned. Make sure you stress those things that are really important for this job. Change things that are necessary to change and give me a new story in your cover letter. You want it to look fresh. You want to look like you've had growth, that you've improved, that things are different now. Because I think that's a really powerful story to tell. So, Tyler and everybody else listening, the answer is yes. You can absolutely apply for jobs after you've been rejected by a company. But be strategic about it. Don't just start applying for everything because that sends out a poor message to the organization. Look at your weaknesses. Understand what went wrong the first time and why you weren't the choice and look to improve yourself. It's about showing growth and a journey. Keep up in the process when you got rejected. Be professional throughout. Always respond to every email you get from the organization professionally and upbeat, understanding, not inquiring, not defensive, not blaming, really, really professionally. Keep up the networking activities within that organization so that you have connections there and then rework your cover letter and resume when you're, the next time you apply so you can show that growth. That's what we're looking for. I want to see the story of growth so that I can consider you. Again, being a silver medalist, coming in second, coming in third even, can still put you in position to get to this dream company and it can set you up for success because you've already proven yourself to some degree. So keep that in mind, okay? Thank you to everybody for listening. It's always such a pleasure to be here. Please tune in for Molly Wardak Fult on uh, Wednesday, the VP of Partnership Activation for Illich Sports and Entertainment. I want all of you to be successful. That's why we do this. That's why we put all this information out there. So please rate, review, subscribe, talk to your professors, get it shared with your classmates. We want to continue to grow and you're all instrumental in that. So thank you for being here and we'll see you on Wednesday. Wednesday.